Welcome back to the Spa Sisters podcast with myself, Carly Chamberlain, and my wonderful co-host, Julie Wren. We are so excited today to uh, be introducing our guest, Arif, who is just a, an embodiment of passion, education, inspiration. And without me going into too much detail now, I'm going to let him introduce himself with a wow, bang, fabulous explosion of energy. <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, hi, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Carly, for that wonderful introduction. It's so lovely to be with you guys today. And I think that passion and energy is infectious to all of us in, in the industry. Um, and just to tell you a little bit about myself, I have my own consultancy, which is Air Beauty Consultancy, which is all about training and education within retail and in spa, indeed. And I started very, very young, as probably most of us do when we find our passion, wanting to be a physicist or a lawyer, um, and then navigating the channels into the beauty industry and finding that this hobby then kind of took over my life. And I started as a Saturday boy um, in a very, very conservative town when boys weren't really allowed to sell makeup back in the day at the tender age of 17. And I worked my way up on pretty much all levels of beauty within the retail industry, um, penultimately working myself in Harrods and Selfridges with the likes of LVMH and, and uh, L'Oreal, and then finally becoming an induction trainer and then working all around the world, launching brands, which, which was really, really wonderful. And, before I became an educator, I always remember being in trainings um, and I remember the feeling and, and how impactful it was when, for instance, in Guerlain, when I was working with Guerlain, Richard Hawkins, who was the head of education, would talk to us about the fragrance Shalimar. And of course, this can be applied to anything, whether it's hair care, whether it's skin care, whether it's a spa product that you love. It's that moment of connection. I remember sat there and he was talking about the Taj Mahal and India and the Shalimar Gardens and Shalimar being a 1925 first Oriental fragrance that all Oriental fragrances lay homage to. And I was so captivated by this incredible story, this testament of love. And I couldn't believe by the end of this story that we were just talking about a perfume and how much that connected me. And from that, moment I think I was 20 years old I really learned about education and how it has the power to evolve and to help within the industry to inspire people and I've taken that all throughout my life from whether I was managing people in Selfridges in Harrods I was always managing them through education and empowerment and it wasn't until I was older that I realized that yeah my first um Thank you. My first kind of dip into spa was working with Aman Hotels. And I was known now for helping create retail platforms, education platforms with luxury retailers. And I was contacted by Aman because they were creating a beautiful collection of fine fragrances, which were based on their locations all around the world and their spa settings. So from some of the ingredients that they'd used in particular locations to some of the ethoses and efficacies that they had from those different countries. Well, they wanted someone to kind of come up with this suggestion of, of retailing within the spa environment. How do we sell a 350 pound bottle of perfume to a spa customer, for instance? And they had massive success with that. And then they invited me back to uh, rewrite their global education platform for all skincare and spa in a retail environment. And that's when I learned that there is a massive opportunity within the spa industry to capitalize on retail. 
Yeah. So do you think that was at, at that point you realised that even in a retail space, this very holistic kind of spa element could work the other way as well? Um, is that where that kind of idea came from? Absolutely. You know, I, I think I, I've come up with this this kind of this slogan in my head that when you're in retail, what you're trying to do is create the experience of spa. So if you think about yourself when you're going into spa, the way you feel, the way that the the, the therapist, the consultant, someone in front of house makes you feel, you're very, very relaxed, you feel very confident, and you can share certain issues that you have or concerns that you have with your, your skin, your body, you know, you're there for a reason to relax. And in retail, it's our aim to do that, to make people feel very, very comfortable so they can be much more open with us and we can build that connection and build loyalty. Mm. And spa already has that and retail is trying to do that. So I think the crossover would be for spa to capitalize on what retail does in yeah. terms of the way we retail. So retail is slightly more aggressive. Mm. Um, and I, I don't like that word, but it is. You know, when you go into a store, sometimes you are hounded. I'm not saying that that's right, but the way the sales consultant makes you feel with skincare application or makeup application, I think sometimes we lose that with spa because we have fantastic treatments, but then where is the follow-on from there? Yeah. That makes sense. And the, the very essence of spa is that feeling, that experience, that escape. The guest doesn't want to be hounded. They want to be nurtured. So how do you bring a successful retail application into the spa when therapists are therapists through and through and they work from their heart? And I'm not, I'm not saying all therapists, you know, are extremely holistic, uh, but a lot of therapists struggle with the retail element. And, but then you have the other therapists who are, they were from the retail background and went into spa or the salon background. So they know that there's a, a sale element, which is fundamental to the service, the whole service. So where, so you're saying that your skill set actually weaves everything together and, and kind of fills that gap and makes it um, accessible. Is that correct? I would say so. I mean, you picture this, you're in a busy shopping environment and you're in retail and you have these targets to, to uphold, for instance, and no one is coming to your counter or your location. You have to actively go out of your way to build a connection, to build a bridge, to break down those barriers. It's almost like cold calling, isn't it? And traffic stop or talk to someone. Hello, madam, love to see you. Hope you're having a lovely day. Do you need help there? And actually that, that level of confidence, it takes so much to then, how do you drive that conversation to a product that you're selling um, without making it seem like you're selling a product? Mm -hmm. And that's what retail has to contest, can contend with, if you like. Whereas spa, you have Mrs. Jones, who's booked in for a lovely treatment. She's had a wonderful facial massage. She's loved the products. She's loved the music. She's come out feeling incredible. And then the journey sometimes ends because I feel as though there isn't that push through with confidence. Yes. And I do feel exactly what you said, Kat. I think people may feel that they're pushing too hard. But I think it comes through being confident and having expertise in your field to understanding that by recommending a product, it's an extension of the service itself. And 
the belief in someone coming in and having a treatment is no different to the belief of someone taking a product home and using that to get better benefits in the future. I think there's a mental block. I think yeah. we have to connect the two. So again, it's how we build therapist confidence and uh, deliver that sort of product knowledge, sales, skincare advice. But uh, do you think that the block is because the, the person who maybe doesn't have that confidence is almost in a sense thinking about themselves rather than the needs of the guest or the client i think so i think you've hit the nail on the head um it's about appearing too pushy and ruining the luxury environment and when you're retailing in areas like aman five-star hotel resorts or harrods for instance or luxury spas you know mandarin oriental for instance beautiful beautiful spas um you feel as though to push too hard might ruin the illusion of creating that incredible atmosphere. But I would challenge people and I challenge therapists to think about their confidence and confidence is built through relationships and building, the more that you build and you cultivate a relationship with someone, the easier it is to talk in a very friendly manner. You, know, you don't have to be snooty or upper brow about certain things you can talk to people like normal people and build that relationship with them like you would do with your customer and it's no different from you talking to a friend if, yeah. if you're using a new product for your skin or you had a wonderful treatment you would rave about it to your friend and you say mm -hmm. hey you need to try this this is amazing i want you to try this and it's not because you're in you're forcing them to spend their money for instance or force them into a situation where they feel uncomfortable it's actually quite the opposite you're enriching their life with a new experience that perhaps could be better to them and add value to their life and i think that's where we need to change that mindset i think we have to think about us having conversations digging deeper with our customers and bringing that retail aspect of introduction product knowledge is actually an extension of the service and is there to empower and give a better result long term to our customer two things i've thought of as you're speaking there number one is like you said it is mindset based because what happens when a therapist gets all geared up ready to go and like says I'm going to really like connect with my client and bring them into that retail space through from spa and get a, a sale and then they get instant rejection and everything goes back to square one it like you said that's it, that's where the mindset training almost comes into play you know do you have have you had that experience where people are are getting rejected and then it really disheartens them to want to sell again or retail again absolutely and rejection yeah, is that's happened to you so much oh my god yes oh my goodness yes oh uh, yes you know um it's, it's happened to me quite a lot you know when I was on the shop floor because people might not be in the right mindset customers might not be in the right mindset to shop however what you're doing is you're sowing the seed because nine times out of 10, it's not that first interaction where someone buys on the impulse buy. It's wonderful, but it actually creates um, and lays down the foundations for them purchasing or researching into the brand, which builds loyalty. So don't feel like you're alienating your customer and don't feel alienated by yourself in those situations because you haven't had a sale. Someone said, no, I haven't got any time for that. Not a problem. I just thought 
you'd love to be introduced to this as I think it would work really well for you. But next time you come, we can talk about it. No, no problem. And you can easily turn an objection into um, an amazing opportunity. And one of the, the, the biggest things were I used to love when I used to work in the Selfridges, the customers that were the most difficult because nine times out of 10, they would usually be my best customers for life because there is a barrier. And when you break down that barrier, it's much, much easier to build those connections. And then it becomes real. It's a real conversation between two people and they value your expertise. But of course, we all have to go through rejection. And it's just about building confidence and saying, that's okay. That and will so, happen. Yeah, I, I, I imagine there's a lot of... Um you know, assuming going on, which is like an excuse as to not want to build that relationship with your client, or they won't want to buy it. They told me that they, this happened and that happened. So I don't think they're going to buy today. And I always hear that a lot from therapists in training, you know, it's, there's always an excuse and that does sound harsh, but really we need to just overcome this because that's nothing to do with them. It's us, you know, if we find an excuse or a reason not to continue that conversation it just shatters and kills off any possibility doesn't it it does and and i think it's because there is that disconnect between treatment and product but you're using the product during the treatment yes. so so you know one plus one equals two in this in this situation um but i do feel because people know what they're getting and they're coming in, they're having a service and they understand the price point and they're willing to pay. So they have to pre-book. They feel as though the customer has already made that decision and therefore it's fine. When you then add an additional product on, you are maybe um, pushing a customer in a, in, a, in a way that they perhaps didn't want to be pushed. But I think, again, what we have to realize is that therapists are experts in their own field you know, they they have the responsibility and the respect of the customer or the client who is trusting them with their skin, with their body, with their face, who's talking to them in detail about their concerns or things that they um, aren't so comfortable with. And they're, they're already gaining that trust and loyalty from that therapist. So recommending them an, an additional product to help them on their journey is, is no different. Yeah. In fact, I think it's just about being told it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to do that. And actually, it's going to be much more beneficial for the customer and the client moving forward. And as you said, they, you know, the therapist is the expert in their field. But there again, I think is a disconnect because I don't actually don't think that therapists think that they're an expert in their field necessarily all the time. So that's, you know, that's got to be worked on because that's a fundamental sort of foundation to where this leads um therapists need that sort of training and and reassurance that what they're doing is fantastic and that's only the start that's only the beginning of it what do you think julie yeah i mean you're absolutely right there it's that one limiting beliefs i think is very much involved in there and we have to unpick that and find out where does that come from but at the same time to have our industry seen in a better light as well so that, you know, oh, it's not just fluff and buff. Uh, it's a lot more than that. You know, we are working, we've studied, we've worked hard to be able to give that professional advice. And we only want the best for our clients. So I guess, Arif, as well, I and mean, that's a, a large part of what you do when you're in with the, with the education is breaking down those kinds of barriers and helping people to recognize their worth and their value 
so I, I you know I often get asked the question um well I only see my clients in the spa once so how would you recommend that perhaps you know you saw about building those relationships you know that client's booked in for one treatment so in a short space of time how do you how do you recommend to therapists to make that click to instantly build that relationship bearing in mind they've many only got that small amount of time with the client that's a really yeah thank you so much Lee. that's a really interesting interesting point I think it comes down to being a real person. I think it comes down to treating the client like a real person and talking to them and building relationships in a friendship and a way that you talk to a friend. Of course, in a, in a very positive, professional manner, but definitely to say to them, I'd love to see you again. You know, things like that, you know, using very, very um, impactful, positive language, which obviously I, I do educate as well, but also giving them the, the tips and tricks to be able to deal with objections, to justify price points so they can do it in a very calm, confident manner, which then comes through as though you're building that rapport with your customer. Mm. But I think it's to be in tune to ask them about their family, to ask them about their travels, to, to build, as we say, small talk and to, to build that repertoire and to have that repertoire, if you like, of certain things that we can say, which can tie us in and build that connection with our, with our customer. And it comes down to service. You think about, if I make an analogy, restaurant, you think about the your favorite restaurant, it probably isn't the restaurant with the best food you've ever eaten. It's probably the one where they say, hi, Julie, how are you? Lovely seeing you again. How's your how's your dog Max? I don't know if you've got a dog Max. How's your cat Rover? Or actually, I think you call a dog Rover, don't you? <laughs> the cat, the, uh, Max can be the cat, you know. And, and they know a little bit about you and what you're doing, and that that feeling of community and that feeling of camaraderie and friendship, almost like a family feeling, is why you go back. The service is there, the food is okay, but you go there because Dave behind the bar knows you like a diet coke with two ice, and it's exactly the same for any industry. So what's your top, I'm going to be, I have I've always got a little bit of a tricky questions because I always get them as well. Um, sure. What's your top tip as well for perhaps in spas where you've got therapists where their mother tongue is not um, English and they feel very, uh, let's say, challenged by that language barrier. And I know there are ways around this. So what was, what's your kind of like uh, insight there to help people with that, to sort of create that click, but also, you know, be able to, communicate if you like almost non-verbally i mean yes. we do it in the treatment room with our hands but how do we yes. re how do we take that into retail yeah i that's a great question i think it's um psychology and uh, there's two things i think it's touch and mirroring so i think you know when i'm educating it's all about doing what your your client is doing or sharing the same massage technique you apply i apply you know you do this i do this feel this feel this breathe this in with me smell this and having that connection psychologically if you touch someone you're 60 percent more likely to to close a sale and I, because again it, it makes you feel as though you have that connection there so mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be verbal it can be a smile, it can be eye contact, it can be mirroring, it can be just touching someone on the shoulder, on the arm, you know, little things like that, that that builds that impression of connection. And team support as well. Yeah. Right? So a lot of the time with therapists, they'll be doing a treatment and then that, that guest will be transferred like a transactional thing over to someone else. Yeah. So there needs to be a bridge between therapist and retail um staff that are on the shop floor ready to sort of 
in different environments and spa and hotel yeah. environments there there is not quite a fluid journey so how do you make sure that those guests um get from your point to their point that comes through team connection so you and, and both of you understanding the next step the process and the expectation of that absolutely yeah um I, I think you're right and i think it's about communication it's about telling someone exactly what you're going to do uh, hello mrs smith it was so lovely having time with you today i'd love to see you again i'm just going to go in and tidy the room but i'm going to hand you over to sam i've already told him what products i would recommend for you definitely go for the vitamin c because that's going to boost the brightness in your skin and let's get you booked in for four weeks it doesn't have to be something that's long long-winded and mm. difficult and i think this brings us back to how important this is when we when we think about the margins and the profitability should i say of a hotel and spa we have to pay for the therapist's time the products they use and there's only so many hours in the day whereas we can really really maximize our investment through product sales and i believe it's only four percent of treatments are converted to retail sales